Hello and welcome back to another episode of Taboo Taboo. I'm your host, Drew from the future, and today um, we have a really exciting episode, but before I get to that, I actually want to touch on the last episode on heroin. I want to know what you thought. Um, it was a really fun episode to put together. We're already looking at potentially putting together another episode. I wanted to hear from you, see if, if it was interesting enough, see if uh, you think you dare us to dig up more. <laughs> Whatever your feedback is, please send it to tabutabupodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So in this episode, we actually have uh, a friend of mine and uh, our newest co-host, Ava X Machina. And if you want to find her, she's actually on Medium under Ava X Machina. She writes phenomenal pieces. It's serious, real-world experiences as a femdom in today's society as a female there's a lot of elements to to this story and we really dive into uh, all of them piece by piece and what i'm going to do is actually i'm going to interject from time to time because the two of us are both already in the kink scene so we kind of skip over some language and so what i'll do is i'll jump in and i'll explain a couple things as we go but uh without further ado ava x machina check her out on medium medium uh she is phenomenal and i cannot wait for you guys to give us some feedback of the, about this episode. And again, all of your feedback, please, please direct it to tabutabupodcast at gmail.com. How would you describe your kink, by the way? Um, I would describe it as that I identify as a female dominant. Okay. And that's, uh, people often like kind of wonder like why you bother to call out like female. Right, but, right. And it's, I think, because, like, femdom identified has, like, an implication that uh, is more cultural than anything else. Like, we all know, like, the terms, like, top or dom, right. meaning, like, the person who acts upon the other person. But I think that, like, culturally, there's a lot that's very specific to um, femdom in particular. Um, just the way that people are usually socialized women to be more on the submissive side right. and just day to day. So uh, the term femdom kind of also elucidates that, like, you also don't have to reference what is masculine to be dominant. And I think that that's, that's my personal opinion, but that's why I like, I like and find very yeah. personally resonant. That's cool. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, what would you say is like the cultural difference between a dom and a femdom? Uh, I think like male dominance is, it's the most common thing that you're going to see in like the scene, quote unquote, which like mm. refers to parties we have or uh you know groups that we hang out in uh, happy hours and whatnot yeah. so the the most common thing that you're going to see is uh, a sort of like exaggeration of a lot of the things that we're used to seeing as like men's gender dominance and culture so mm. you know that that women are supposed to be subservient and that we're supposed to be caring about like their orgasm that things are very centered around the penis like <laughs> sexually and culturally yeah. we count rounds of sex based on how many times he comes yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and it's uh you know and and, and that's uh everything's very um penis and vagina focused yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh so with femdom though is it's it's this idea of like, what if you remove that? So like, what if you centered it instead on like, uh, individual, like women or femdom identified people and, um, you know, what they would want, which sometimes isn't even sex. Right. Yeah. That's what I was about to ask. So does that mean in your play that insertion is not, um, doesn't happen or it's not a big thing or it's not the focus? I think it depends on the partner. I think that it's actually super common that I've dated people that, uh, do not want to, have penetrative sex okay. 
um, even if they like to be like pegged, which is, you know, to, right. to put a dildo in somebody's butt. Right. Um, they don't personally want to put their genitals into mine. And right. that's, I think like it's for a variety of reasons. For a lot of partners uh, that I've had in the past, mm-hmm. um, if they don't prefer penetrative sex, it's often for a variety of reasons. Some of them is that you don't really need to, that there's right. oral sex plays an enormous role. Um, there are some that they don't like the way that it makes them feel uh, because they feel like penetrative sex is too dominant by, by nature. Ah, gotcha, yeah. yeah. I don't necessarily, so there right. are plenty of people for whom like I think it's actually super fun to tie <laughs> somebody down and... Then fuck them. Right, so. <laughs> right, right. That means that means you're doing the fucking. Then. Yes, yeah, yes. Right. It's a, it's an active verb and on my part. Right, um, yeah. Like one of my things that we got to do the other day is that I took somebody and I, I wrap them. There's this stuff called vet wrap, which is like a it's like a wide roll of like a sticky gauze tape um, that sticks only to itself and not to people. It's usually used to like hold bandages on like horses and right. like, <laughs> So it's also very good for binding people up in like mummification, so the head to toe. Creative. Yeah. But if you leave the the junk out, there's all kinds of fun you can have with that. So, um, sex being one of them. Right. Yeah. Explain to me the difference between having a sub and dating somebody. Like, obviously there's a difference there. Um, I think, you know, and this keeps coming up, especially as like I date, so I'm on Tinder, I'm on, (laughs) I'm not on OkCupid anymore. I find it too flustering. Really? Um, Yeah. It's just like, I'm like, like, uh, what did somebody call it? Catnip for fuck boys. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when they see, like, because I do flag on my profiles that I'm that I am a femdom. I sometimes uh-huh. will use euphemisms, but people who are sort of into it. Will catch it, right? You know, like I'll say something like, "I, I tie up boys and sit on them." You should right. probably be sure I'm your type, you know. So, <laughs> and then people people grab onto it. Yeah. Um. So it becomes an issue to say that like I am dating somebody or they're my submissive when, especially, I have to say that like I will not have a committed dating relationship with anybody who is not submissive. Interesting. So yeah. you only date submissive people. Yes. But not so everybody who's one of your subs is somebody you're dating, right? Um, yeah. So, well, it's, it's weird because I, like, I consider, like, my sub would be somebody who has, like, committed to serve me. And I, that can be Just you? Just, I, mean, I mean, sometimes it depends. I okay. prefer just me. Okay. I prefer that. <laughs> um, you know, but I do have people who uh, either I've, I've dated them in the past, but, you know, I'll, I'll come back to a certain city and they'll... They'll do things for me. Um, okay. Some people like to... I have somebody who comes in once in a while. Uh, if they're in town, they will clean my house naked. <laughs> I mean, that's just what they prefer. So, what a like, hard life. Yeah. So, so I don't know that I would consider them mine. Um, okay. Yeah. Say. Like, I feel very, very, like, particular and specific around, you know, like, it's like saying, like, my boyfriend versus, like, some guy I'm dating. Right. Um, so, like, when I date men who are submissive... Uh, you know, you'll you'll tend to just go out on dates. You might try playing together, but um, I have had relationships though that are exclusively, I guess, what they call like total power exchange. So like this person is identified as as mine. Right. Are, I've like they've committed to serve me, and that may even extend like beyond the bedroom. It right. can mean like in various other aspects of their life that they defer those choices and. Uh, decisions and um wow like life decisions yeah like choices like big choices uh that seems so intimate it is it's very very intimate and that's like why you know people think about like oh who has the time for that and and it's it's actually uh it's very uh like sensory heightening in other ways in my opinion (laughs) like i prefer i prefer it so if i'm gonna like have somebody in there my boyfriend i would prefer also that they be 
in this sort of like arrangement with me. And that's not always possible for everybody. It's right. some people don't yeah. um some people like don't feel submissive when they're not horny or it's you know it's a uh, a thing okay. that comes exclusively with sexual activity. Right. Um but I think that a lot of of a relationship and especially one of that kind of like depth and color can be a lot more interesting if um this person also tries to defer other things to you. So, like, you can negotiate on stuff like... I'll, I'll give some concrete examples because I know I'm talking in circles. Um, <laughs> when they masturbate, mm-hmm. they have to ask your permission. Okay. What they eat, what they wear. Um, wow. There's some people who enjoy, uh, you know, have being told exactly what they can have. Uh, and mm-hmm. that can mean, like, you know, what kind of food they eat. They might ask what when they can, like, go to the bathroom, things oh, like wow. that. Yeah, yeah, so very intimate So, like, stuff. with you present or just, like, they have to Depends. text or call? Depends. Okay. Yeah, like, so um, for one person, they would always they would always text me. Oh, okay. And, and you know, we have a sort of general rule that if I'm, like, not available or not responding, then just you get a whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to make you <laughs> suffer that badly. Right. Um, but, you know, and that can mean in other ways, too. Like, I had <clears throat> I had a boyfriend who... For example, whenever he came to my house, he would strip off all of his clothes, and I would put on his collar, and then like just life continues as normal. Mm-hmm. But him naked with a collar on. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know anything I asked for, service submission, which is just saying you know it can even be things things I would say even like vanilla couples do for each other, where where you're just like, hey, could you get me another glass of water? Right. You know, and people will be like, yes, yes. Yes, Ava. <laughs> so. Eagerly jumps up. And... Yeah. And there's people who they, they like that. They like that kind of, um, it feels like a care and an attention. I yeah. think that's very intimate. Um, so so they run the full gamut. Some people incorporate into those sorts of like the, the 24-7 or total power exchange relationships. Um, like chastity can be a component, uh, like pain, like orgasm control, uh just general like tease and denial of things uh some people prefer that this person like eats out of a dog bowl on the floor like oh, wow. it's or sleeps in a cage or you know whatever you have is. a cage right i have a cage <laughs> i knew the cage was gonna come up um so i have a cage uh-huh. it's it's more of a crate i guess but it folds away <laughs> under my bed and it's quite substantial uh it does it definitely comfortably fits an adult human okay um I have a very nice little cushion I put in it, so I'm very, <laughs> very courteous that way. Um, and I definitely have ever been with people who like would want to mm-hmm. sleep in it overnight. And okay, just you know the idea of 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 giving that to me that that control over where they go and where they sleep and what they do is like highly arousing, both like sexually but also just like emotionally right. arousing. So, so yeah, it, they are. Giving you something, right? Because they yes. have to hand something over to you in order for... that's almost, It's a very much an opt-in kind of relationship, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a common misconception yeah. um, that, that people... that You know, the image that we have of femdom and dominatrixes as characters are almost always colored off of um, our images of, uh, of the people who are professional dominatrixes. Right. Yeah. Like sex workers who are, um, you know, charging for uh, a service, which is... is uh, professional topping like and it's usually constrained to like a dungeon or to some other kind of home right um and so there's it, the porn of it is i think also kind of like really has crystallized most people's conception of what it is so they think you're like mean and yeah. demanding that you mm-hmm. take without asking like and those porn shoots they even cut out 
like shoots are like four hours long. Yeah, and, and they show you twenty minutes. Yeah, they show you like twenty <laughs> minutes. They don't show you like the time before where you know the two the two actors are sitting together and they're like, okay, is this all right? This yeah. kind of touch. Yeah. Um, the whole know, negotiation yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or like when they stop and they retie them and they're like, hey, are you okay? And you need some water. Yeah. Like, um, you know, is this comfortable in the check in stuff? Yeah. yeah, that's not sexy on screen. I mean, but, but it's, it's part like, of the real scene, right? It is, exactly. It yeah. is, and that's what I find is actually kind of a bummer because, uh, like, sometimes now they'll do a little thing at the end where they'll like talk about the scene, yeah, which I think is a, is a good start. But um, I really wish that they would because, like, every time I'm with somebody, whether I'm just like hooking up with somebody that wants to do stuff or like they're my my person and my partner, um, it's about like what they give to you, mm-hmm. and it's got to be explicit and it yes. has to be all the time, like. I'm a firm believer in, you know, even when you have this whole, like, total power exchange type situation, you should be checking in once in a while, like, and saying, like, all these things we agreed on last month, are they still cool with you? Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, when, when I had negotiated with the last person I dated in this capacity, um, we had made a list, actually, off of, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Which okay. I think is very... Um, That's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. So, like, of your basic needs, like, food, shelter, you know, anything that, that kind of fits on that bottom tier, um, of those things that you need, what are you deferring choices on to me? Gotcha. And so then you kind of move up to, like, safety and, like, uh, you know, talking about, like, sexual safety and, like, interpersonal safety. Like, who do we have permission to talk about our relationship and its nature with, um, how do you want me to behave in front of your friends? Like who do we have permission if at all to share photos or any other things with? Um, and then going all the way up to like fulfillment, which I think is, is interesting because that, that like top tier of Maslow's hierarchy, I think honestly, every couple should be discussing those. Things. Absolutely. Yeah. At yeah. least weekly, right? Yeah, at exactly. Least, yeah. Um, so like, you know, when do you feel most like yourself. How can I indicate to you that I'm listening? Um, what are your goals for, for yourself personally? And how can I support that? Those are all like questions that I like now, just in general, I think to ask even if people I'm friends with, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a comfortable state. It's a psychological safety thing. You know, it sounds like there's a massive amount of communication that needs to happen. Oh, you're just always talking. <laughs> it's just like all the dang time. And as a result, like I'm a big talker during, uh, scenes okay so you know I'm, I'm with a lot of people who they like see i'm the opposite i do a, a, a lot of pre-talking and then you just like and then once we know the parameters then we go do that and then yeah and then yeah and then i'll do check-ins obviously but oh yeah, for yeah. the most part yeah see I, i'm i'm mm-hmm. i'm also dominant but in a different way i'm definitely not lifestyle dominant i'm definitely not double black diamond <laughs> <laughs> level dominant but i and it, but i'm just scene specific so mm-hmm. So for me, like, uh, it's all just about the scene and then outside of that, it's, I, I don't do, I can't do the lifestyle thing. Yeah, it's so fine. It's, so it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Boundaries are healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's actually becomes a thing, right? Is that people talk about like in scene, out of scene and, you know, for me, it doesn't really turn off. Like, yeah, sometimes yeah. there'll be like a beginning and an end to play. Right. But, um... The kind of like way that I view people and then the relationship that I have with them, it is it is pretty consistent. Um, and I think like as a result, sometimes uh, the community of people who who like lifestyle mm-hmm. is is even smaller. You know, I'm sure you of course, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very rare, especially to meet people who are like lifestyle who are not involved in some way, either in like the porn industry or kink or like I know they're out yeah. there, but yeah. um, but. I meet very few, yeah. and that can be a little isolating. So, 
you know, when you talk to people, it actually, they're like, oh, I guess that's more understandable than I thought. Like, it's, right. it's actually quite relatable that you have, like, <laughs> a normal adult job, you know, like I... So you don't do this professionally? No, I don't. I have <laughs> to ask... This is just for fun. Exactly. Like, I, ha- I feel like I answer that question, like, all the time. It's people right. are like, oh, were you ever a pro? Did you ever professional? I'm like, no, I haven't. And, you know, this is something that does fit pretty neatly into my life. It's just, like who my friends are and who yeah. I socialize with and where I date. And I'm very lucky that I live in a city that like lets me do that. Absolutely. Sure. Would it taint it if you did this professionally? That seems like a good place to stop the episode, right? I'm kidding. We have much more with Ava X Machina, but I just thought now would be a good chance to remind you, go check her out on, on Medium, Ava X Machina. Her writing is phenomenal. If you guys want to be turned on, you want to cry, and you want to laugh, all in the same article, uh, I highly recommend checking her out on Medium. Let's go ahead and get back to the episode, but the question I just asked her was, if she were to do femdom professionally, would it that taint it for her? Here we go. Um, I just feel like, you know, because people always ask the question, and it always, at a certain point, you're like, oh, would I do that? And I would say that it's not that it would taint it, but just... I don't really want it to feel like I'm going to work. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't really, cause that's, that's the thing is that I, I also very much, um, and I know there are so many pros who, who like, they manage to just like negotiate this space for themselves that they mm-hmm. do get to only like do the things that they enjoy all the time. And I think that's, that's really amazing. Um, you know, I have a couple of friends who are, are professionals in, in various, uh, specific areas of dom, mm-hmm. dominance that like. You know, some are professional, like, rubber doms. They they enjoy just working with people who want to have, like, a latex rubber-type inflatables, all the, that kind of experience. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have friends who almost exclusively do things that are, uh, I would think, would more in the realm of, like, pet play. Okay, yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, horse, uh, you know, like, the pony play, full mm-hmm. horse-type costumes, they're specialists in that. Pup play. So, yeah, pup play, that too. Um, some other people kind of specialize in things that are like strictly domestic. Like they, mm. they're people who really, they don't want you in like a, a full dominatrix get up. They want to be with like, you know, hot mom or like, right, yeah. you know, like <laughs> mommy or, or like the housewife uh, who's really mean and demanding. Right. Um, and I think all that's fun as a result, but like, yeah, so I, I kind of don't really have like a persona. I'm not role playing. You're just you. I'm just, just me. Ava. <laughs> I'm just Ava, and I'm just uh, I'm just like the more intense version. Gotcha. So, um, and it, it's it's kind of interesting too because then you get people who uh, you'll date them or you'll meet them, and that their idea of what they like is like a list of very specific things. So, um, I'll I'll, I'll try to be more specific here. So. When you date people in the scene, and even on FetLife, you mm-hmm. know, the site where we're kinky networking, there's <laughs> lists of fetishes. Right. And so you'll have, like, this list, and people will be into, like, I'm into, I'm into pet play, I'm into pegging, I like this kind of bondage, shibari rope, and I like um, spanking. Mm-hmm. And there's just all these lists of activities. Right. And... Then, you know, they'll come to me and they'll be like, oh, I like this. I like, like, oh, like a beautiful woman doing these things to me. And then they sort of just, like, spit out this list at you as if you're supposed to just be, like, they're ordering off a menu. (laughs) Um, And it's like, I'm not, you know, if you have specific things you want to do, I'm, I'm, I'm not a professional. They're, like, very talented people who can give you, like, an extraordinary experience in those things exactly. But 
um, that dynamic for me should be about, you know, how do you want to feel? Right. More than what tools do you want to use to get there? So like, in, I guess in tech we call it solutions agnostic. I, I, have a, <laughs> I have an end goal or problem I'm trying to solve, which is that I want, I want that like sort of dopamine rush of right. having you be in subspace and, and kind of like doing, you know, deferring those choices and seeing to me. Real quick, uh, subspace is just the psychological position of being fully submitted to somebody and entirely engaged and swept up in the BDSM scene. And however you get there, like if that were, you know, if certain things work for you, I'm, I'm pretty flexible, but it's definitely about me. <laughs> so, you know, we're not going to get to everything. If I don't right. feel like, like pegging's great, but it's like, it's work. Yeah. It's fucking work. What I do you mean? I, it's, 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 um, a lot of people who have not done a ton of it too, you know, their butts are like Fort Knox. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like a safe cracker getting in there. Um, you know, and so they just have these like fantasies of, of, of having a woman totally rail them or like mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it is that they want to feel like. But that may take four or five scenes before you can yeah, do that. Yeah, before you can even get anything in there, yeah. like bigger than your pinky. It's just, you know, so I'll try my best, right. but. Um, you know, this, like that expectation setting, I think is super important or like people have fetishes that are involve a lot of expensive equipment, you know, things <laughs> Do they buy just the equipment? don't have. Yeah. I okay. mean, like, I hope so. Yeah. You know, people are like, you know, like, I'm into like really heavy leather bonds. I'm like, if you want to spend a thousand dollars on a body bag, right. that is your business, but I just don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's, it's things like that. Um, so they got to bring the tools and toys they want to play with. Yes. If it's very specific. Yes. Yeah. I also, I have this whole running joke where it's like, I am not your ass concierge. So <laughs> if you demand like a particularly large dildo, you're going to bring it. To bring yeah. it um, I, I only have like a couple and they're all things that are like the middle of the bell curve of what most people are, okay. are comfortable with. Gotcha. So if I, if I had one that was like anything larger, I think you'd, you'd take it out like once a year and they're expensive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like a good one is like, like $80, dollars. Yeah. Oh man. So it's just this, this, uh, you know, coffee table ornament otherwise. <laughs> so, so, um, it sounds like for you, because obviously you're, you're not pro, yeah. you do this for fun. You do this because yeah. you love it. It's, it's mainly about building relationships. Is that right? Yeah. Cause I mean, in order to play with somebody, it's obviously very intimate. You really need to get to know each other. So yes. even the, the, most fun engaging play how long does that take to kind of build up to because it doesn't happen the first night right? oh never and and that can be another problem like when dating is is that that people sort of especially when you're you're a femdom woman they sort of treat you like like a novelty like a carnival ride that they Mm. want to try out um so that's like my whole thing about like i don't date people who don't identify as submissive it's because i've been burned like too many times by somebody's like oh that's interesting to me i'd love to try it <laughs> right and then they sort of like hinge their entire perception of it based off of um your like first interaction which is almost always you know it's going to be pretty mild yeah um and not sex, in a bad way for sure vanilla sex is never good the first time so yeah. why would this be any different exactly right? like yeah. something with like added layers of complexity how on earth could that be even you know come even close to to kind of like the depth of a relationship like i had Many people um, often even say to me things like, you know, oh, well, I'm into all these different things, but like pain, not a big thing for me. It's really all right. And and that's fine. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not by any means like, even though I, I would definitely say I'm a sadist, uh, right. it can, you can be a sadist in plenty of other ways without right. physically injuring or hurting anybody. Right. Um, 
But then later, once we've, like, built up this trust relationship, they figure out that, like, it's not even maybe that they they didn't like it. It's just that they hadn't really met somebody with whom they felt safe exploring it. Yeah. And okay. so, like, once you open that up, then suddenly those are the people who, like, they go, like, oh, I'm just kind of, like, mildly into pain and, and maybe just, like, a little bit just as a motivator. Um and then those are the people who end up like tying down and fucking them while you punch them with a closed fist. Like that is <laughs> that escalated fast quickly. Fast forward six months, and that's what that looks like. Um, you know, so so if I think people surprise themselves, how if you if you're really really into like kink and you use it as a tool in your relationship, it is about having this like continuous culture of consent even within your own you know relationship. You know, I'm really glad that Ava brought this up because this is a really interesting point. Um, In a lot of the BDSM kink, and especially in the poly world, there's this whole notion of active, enthusiastic consent. So it's not only consent that you're receiving on a regular basis, but it's enthusiastic consent. And I feel like that's been a big differentiator between some of the bad play partners or some of the bad people you sleep with versus some of the best people you sleep with. So worth thinking about, um, but just a really interesting point I wanted to highlight that that Ava kind of brought to the surface here. Which is, it's... uh a lot about that sort of like give and take and like feeding into like that oxytocin cycle Uh of, of that actually really does improve bonding like a lot. I I can only speak from my own experience, but I know that for people for whom like I've had to so continuously think about and look at and touch, you know, their body and, and speak to them about what they like and what they want, like, Mm. and, and to have them focus so much on me. Mm. Um, you find also that it provides, I think, good perspective when you're having other conversations in the relationship. Um, you know, like when you talk about your other needs, it's, you know, when you're talking about if somebody could please, like, you know, maybe just go down from, like, four fingers in their ass to three. <laughs> you know, that's a much more intimate question often yeah. than, like, hey, you know, could I talk to you about the fact that it really bugs me when you leave the dishes in the sink? Right, yeah. You know, so this is there's uh, a kind of, like, breaking of that barrier that I think uh, translates to being able to have, like, difficult conversations. <laughs> You're going way more dishes in the sink, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think it's, it's, um, it's a very, very good tool even for for vanilla people to explore just to to see like how well do i communicate like what pleasures me personally and how does that translate to you know what am i worried that my partner is going to be mad at me about if i said it instead right so yeah how long have you been in kink oh dear this question (laughs) (laughs) i think this is going to open a can of worms oh man yeah um so most people you know they'll talk about how they got started. It was it was like you know either with porn or like they went to a cool party or they toured the armory, which mm-hmm. I, I think is a really fun thing for people to. By the way, the armory is just a giant armory that is actually currently being used as a BDSM porn shoot center uh, in San Francisco. So anyway, back to the episode. Used to be find excites them. Yeah, now not anymore. It's shutting down. Shutting now. down. That sucks. Um, but I figured out at like <clears throat> like eleven. Okay. Um. So this is a, so I used to go to camp a lot and, uh, I can't even tell you how this conversation even started with this person, but there was like, I was 11, this kid was 12 and, uh, somehow it got to the point where I went with him back behind the bunks one day and he just had me kick him in the balls over and over and over again Wow! for like an hour or that's what it felt like. I don't know. And 
You were both very into it. Yes, yes, and it's just, it was very much a, like like a CBT like situation. Hmm. Um, and it's got that rush at that age too, where you're like like you're like I'm gonna get in trouble. Like I should right. not be doing this. Right. And then it's like that 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 experience is very intense. Um, you know, I, I, for a lot of people who I know who are into either like intense like humiliation degradation um sensations that are really strong mm-hmm. uh almost all of them have a like thing that they can point to in their childhood that it maybe didn't cause it but it like revealed a weird connection in their brain that they they just didn't have a name for it so like right. I, I didn't figure out in concrete terms what it was until i was like 13 when i figured out like what to google and, and <laughs> what i'm actually looking at here gotcha so yeah. so the feelings were always there and it's just a matter of when they were realized yeah and like whether you know what to call it and how to look for it like i'm i'm sure that guy is is probably like talking to some therapist right now about (laughs) constantly he's probably definitely still in the scene too oh that'd be really funny you're gonna find some guy you interview for this this is gonna tell a story about (laughs) he's like when i was 11 i went behind the bunkers (laughs) (laughs) and then the greatest time (laughs) this girl kicked me in the balls and then we never spoke again um but yeah, so I was pretty young, and then I, I definitely did a lot of uh, the fake ID to figure out, you know, I would go to golf clubs with a BDSM night. Oh, really? And yeah. And oh, wow. Sneak into parties and, and all kinds of things. And I was very lucky that I was in New York where um, these parties happen. Mm. You know, there, there are these, like, fetish balls. And, and I, I found that I actually really liked the parties that were super high protocol because that also meant that like as like a, a underage teenager you should really not be in there um people had to follow very strict rules there's yeah. nobody's gonna like touch me without asking right um or engage with me in a way that i can't say no to um so that that actually was a very good way and i know there's a lot of other people who who they get into stuff and then they they try out things that are are very risky mm. and not even in like the risk aware kink sense but in as like a bad scene <laughs> yeah. kind of with people who are not Right. Not as consent-minded as, as our community can, tries very hard to be. Can you imagine growing up in Oklahoma? I would have. I don't even know right? what I would have done. I would have been riddled with depression. Yeah. Honestly. Because, they, like, you have to really just push all those things down. You can't really yeah. be your true self. Yeah, like, the shame feelings are, are intense. Like, yeah. at that age, I think the one thing I had to be grateful for, like, in high school, was that... Um, yeah, like, I didn't have this other, like, cultural thing, you know, this other elephant sitting on my chest that might have been, you know, for people who grew up in, like, conservative Christian households and things like that. Yep. So, I didn't grow up in a, in a house that was very, um, I mean, I wouldn't say it was very sex positive. Like, my parents were right. still very uptight. I was, I was quote-unquote, not allowed to date. <laughs> <laughs> so, you just become an expert liar. I mean, don't do that to your kids. Come on. Right, exactly. Um... <laughs> Tell me I can't do something and I'm going to lie to you about it. Yeah, I'll just, like, be really, like, crafty double life about it. And I did. I had, like, practically a double life. Um, So, like, you know, high school honors, student, AP, you know, everything. And Mm -hmm. then sneaking off to dungeon parties. (laughs) So, I think the common misconception is that if you're into the kinds of kink stuff that we're into, there must be something that happened early on that really fucked you up. And now you're just trying to, like, recover from it. I mean, like, yeah, it is, it is such a trope, um, this, this idea that, that people who are into weird alternative sexualities are, are screwed up in some way or broken. Right, yeah. Um, and I would say that, that while I'm sure there are some people who do endure trauma early, and then also, I would say that there's a caveat, which is that a lot of people who do actually find that, um, 
kink and, and like their DS or BDSM is actually very healthy for them because it is a space in which somebody has to ask you. Yeah. And like even in Massive vanilla communication. sex. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like even with like vanilla sex and vanilla dating. And, and yes, there was like very long time where I tried very hard to kind of just say like, I don't need this anymore. You tried to be vanilla? I tried to be vanilla. <laughs> you very can't put that back in the box. No, yeah, you can't. <laughs> and I find that even in vanilla sexual interactions, people are very... They take without asking. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The, the, for me, the major difference between the kink scene and the vanilla scene is is literally the amount of consent. Like you were yeah. talking about in the parties. Yeah. If you go to a club, people will just touch you. But yeah. If you go to a sex club where it's like a BDSM scene, people ask to touch your shoulder. You know what I yeah, mean? They like, they're yeah. They're like, oh, well, do you mind if I, you know, yeah, yeah. touch you socially? Right, exactly. You know, and instead, I used to remember people would like come up to me in the club and just like start rubbing their junk on my butt, which yep. is just like, yeah. especially as like young femdom, you just like turn into the Hulk. You're like, ah, <laughs> who is that? And then, um, and ripped their nuts off. oh my gosh. And you know, so, and then I would find things too. Like I would try to have sex with vanilla men mm-hmm. and the thing that would just like yank me straight out of it. Like I would just like, I'd be having an okay time. I'm doing great is when they would slap my ass mm. without asking or, like, put their hand on my neck. Mm. Interesting. And both of those, it was just, like, suddenly, um, you know, the panic thing. Like, right. hits, hits, I hit the ceiling. Um, and thankfully, you could just say, please don't do that again. Right. And hopefully, they'll listen to you. So, I don't know if you just caught that or not. This is something I wanted to highlight. I know Ava's not going to really dig into it, but it, because I think it's so normal for her and for a lot of women, but... What she was just expressing was the common concern that sometimes you're in a situation where you've asked a sexual partner, whether they're new or experienced, to do or to not do something. Uh, Basically, maybe you've taken away consent. And as a woman, you sometimes run the risk of them not responding to that, not respecting the request, direct request you just gave them. I don't really have a solution for that. I just wanted to make sure that we kind of drew that out and, and and talked about that a little bit. But I just really preferred then being in places where people always had to ask me. And, like, sure, everybody goes through things in their childhood that are upsetting. Or, yeah. um, you know, like, I don't have any, any major deep trauma that I can point to. Uh, but I do know that, like, when you grow up a girl, and you especially grow up a girl who, like, like me, I look much older from a younger age. So you have, like... You know, yeah, I've looked like 21 since I was 13. Like, no wonder my <laughs> parents were like, don't date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that, like, you know, you live in a world where people are constantly trying to take from you. So they're, like, going to try to touch you mm-hmm. or fuck you or treat you like you're an adult even though you're a child. Right. Um, and so I think that, like, for me, as a result, like for many people, uh, kink is sort of, like, or the community around it and the spaces it creates are safe. Absolutely, yeah. So it's it's a uh, it's a way for me to not only just not just even be in control, but to be among people for whom that vocabulary is, you know, if not universal, then common enough that yeah. I can express my needs and have them heard. So um, yeah, it's a wonderful departure. I think people who get into it find that they're like they come to they get to our happy hours and they're like anxious because they're thinking it's like a club where right, it's, yeah. it's a meat market, <laughs> right? And then they find and they're going to be bent over without their against their yeah, will. And stuff yeah, like that. So yeah. So it's just going to like grab you. And, and you know, what did somebody say to me? They were like, they're like, nobody's just going to like grab me and 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 tie me up, right? And I'm like, 
no, you're not that lucky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You should be so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to trust you like a Christmas ham without right. asking. No, it's not going to happen. Wow. So on a scale of one to fucking incredible, how interesting is Ava? This conversation goes on for hours. So I'm going to cut it here for this episode, but there will be at least two more episodes uh, just based on this one interview with Ava. So um, leave it a little bit on a cliffhanger. We are going to dig right back into what we're talking about here at the end of this episode. But um, I want to leave you guys uh, looking for more. <laughs> so as always, if you have any feedback, please reach out to us. TabooTabooPodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing your feedback. Uh, if you have specific questions for Ava... Or if you have questions about getting involved in the kink scene in general, or if you're currently exploring being a femdom yourself, please reach out to us. We'd be more than uh, happy to direct you to the best resources that we know of. Um, And if we don't know of them, direct you to the experts who do. And as always, we love hearing your feedback just in general. What did you think of the episode? What do you want to hear more about? So tabutabupodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and uh, hope to catch up with you soon.